You are listening to The Secrets of Data Analytics Leaders, hosted by Wayne Eckerson. Data mesh is not a type of technology, right? Like one does not buy a data mesh or hire a data mesh provider or implement a data mesh, like do something. Data mesh is more about the organizational structure, the culture, the business aspect of it. My name is Wayne Eckerson. My job is to help data and analytics leaders succeed. In these podcasts, I talk with experts who share the latest thinking and innovations in our space. I'm glad you've joined the conversation. Nothing has galvanized the data community more in recent months than two new architectural paradigms for managing enterprise data. On one side, there's the data fabric, a centralized architecture that runs a variety of analytics services and applications on top of a layer of universal connectivity. On the other side is a data mesh, a decentralized architecture that empowers domain owners to manage their own data according to enterprise standards and make it available to peers as they desire. Most data leaders are still trying to ferret out the implications of both approaches for their own data environments. One of those is our guest today, Srinivasan Sankar, Enterprise Data and Analytics Head at Hanover Insurance Group. In this wide-ranging back-and-forth discussion, Srini and I explore the suitability of the data mesh for Hanover and how the data fabric might support a data mesh, whether a data mesh obviates the need for a data warehouse, and most importantly, practical steps that Hanover can take to implement a data mesh on top of a data fabric. So let's dive in. What is it about data fabric and data architecture that intrigues you? Last summer, as I started thinking through what are the next three to five years of the data strategy vision, so that's when uh, the concept of data mesh popping up, vendors uh, are... uh, starting to position, right? Like, hey, now you have like a single um, logical access layer where you can access any flavor of databases, data warehouses, ODSs, staging, be it like Oracle backend, DB2, SQL, and so on. So as we start getting down that path, right? Like, so now there is like the, the data mesh, there is data fabric, Data mesh is not a type of technology, right? Like one does not buy a data mesh or hire a data mesh provider or implement a data mesh, like do something. Data mesh is more about the organizational structure, the culture, the business aspect of it. And at the same time, if you look at the data fabric, like to me, data Mm. fabric is all about that tools and technology. So now you are like really throwing in a net over all these disparate data sources, siloed data sources available and really bringing it all together via a fabric, right? Like how you are kind of connecting. Interesting. All right. So the fabric really is this universal connectivity to any data, structured, unstructured, multi-structured, anywhere, I would think a universal semantic layer on top of that so that to a business user, it all looks unified, coherent, and local, right? But the governance is that the mesh, the organizational uh, 
dynamic, the culture, like, okay, business is now going to own domain. There's going to be domain owners. There's going to be hyper engineers with the business. There will be like, they will be curating all the data into a workspace. And then there will be a publication of data marketplace, right? Like, and then while, while the fabric handles all that underlying plumbing of things as to be a business owner driven and if is that business owner the cdo i am even thinking it's beyond that cdo could be the facilitator and the kind of like the quarterback uh if we throw in football analogy like but who's the ultimate owner and driver of this will be like someone in the business right like it look it will be like a collective effort right like whether it's a chief operating officer chief financial officer chief product officer they they all have to like come in together and drive it so i would definitely start with that business ownership and that business sponsorship uh, rather than a tech project because as you see right like the tool vendors might push it as a tech project right like oh we have this tool that tool like now but no i, I i'm sure like all these tools will come in handy because that is how we can deliver the fabric right like but i would advise everyone to start from the business yeah. aspect of it like that's what i'm pushing my business stakeholders right like hey, hey. yeah i i would agree that governance is a huge challenge for a data mesh but it's also a huge challenge for you know our more standard established centralized models too so <laughs> so uh, I I have this sneaking feeling that it might even be harder in a distributed data mesh environment than in a centralized environment to gain consensus around governance topics. Totally. And yeah. that's one of my concerns. Yeah, totally. I think you hit it spot on on the centralized aspect of it, right? Like, because we've all like struggled over time, right? Like really centralizing uh, all that is about data, analytics, uh, access, uh, consumption of data, even data science, right? Like even with the CDO, CDAO appointments last 10 years, right? Like how many have achieved that true centralized data management? Like that, this is gonna be a challenge here, right? Like because, uh, now you are starting to kind of like uh, decentralize some of the data domains with business units and give them high priority businesses in terms of like some data engineers for them to curate the data rather than with the centralized team while other organizations who already have a lot of centralized team of data engineers will have to continue doing that. So now how they kind of decouple it and go towards. Yeah, I, I think there's some validity to the data mesh, but in some ways I don't think it's anything new because you, you go into any organization and Hanover Insurance is probably no different than the rest. And there's always a few departments like finance, sales, marketing that are already building their own data repositories, right? Uh, I know that's true in a lot of organizations. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. There's yeah. A siloed yeah. Data, right. So, 
So, and I think a lot of people have realized that, you know, you can't fight it. So let's join it. To me, that's, that's the mantra of the data meshes. We're never going to get rid of those things. And let's just pave the cow paths, which to me is, it's a little bit dangerous, right? Uh, it's like, okay, we're just going to build an architecture around data silos. <laughs> but I think, but I think we're going to say, all right, we've got these data silos. Let's try to align them uh, in a way that everybody can get value out of them. At the same time, you and I know there's always going to be departments that want no part of this whatsoever. They don't want to hire data engineers. They don't want to build up their own data repositories, certainly not even for themselves, let alone other people, which is what the data mesh requires, right? So to me, I think there's, there'll always be a need for a central data team. And their job has always been to meet the customers, the departments or the domains where they're at. You know, some have a lot of expertise and some have none, right? And that's what you do in your job, right? You're already doing that, right? Exactly. So one other thing that I like, again, yeah, it's still all evolving, right? Like if you draw another parallels and comparison to this, uh, all these buzzword about Web3, the decentralized web, right? Like, so now are we starting to talk about uh, this decentralized data hub for the data mesh. I don't know. It's still, <laughs> I, uh, I myself can't answer that yet. Like, but are we moving towards that? Right. Like is web three going to move faster? Yeah. You know, one of the critical parts of the data mesh, uh, that even the, uh, uh, the person who originated it, um, said that there's some technology that was missing. And, and one of those pieces of technology was uh, self-service tools for creating the, the, the data domain, right? Um, and I just wrote something called the data architecture as a service. Because uh, what we really need, and we've needed this for many, many years, and I don't think this is anything new to the data mesh, is that we need a way for these more ambitious departments to go out. In the old days, we would say, we want you to go build out your own data mart as part of the data warehouse. Because the data warehouse is the mothership, like, so now you can bifurcate data into your marts because the data warehouse has gotten so big, the performance degrades, and there is a lot of query hogging and so on. Yeah. I've seen groups, uh, teams like yours, yeah, put yeah. together a data platform that makes it easier for the departments or domains to kind of build out, at least prototype that mart for themselves and then get the architecture team to come in and bless it and refine it. And I don't know, you know, where you coming from on that, if you've ever had that experience. But I, what's interesting now is that I'm starting to see self-service data integration tools, self-service data warehouse automation tools, self-service data pipeline yeah. tools that not only let business users or business-oriented data engineers build out their own things, but but actually ha allow the architects, allow you, Srini, to build in architectural guardrails into these self-service tools 
So what the people build doesn't break your data warehouse, you know? So I think exactly, that that's, yeah, that's yeah. what's called for to make a data measure, but not only a data mesh work, but, you know, a centralized data environment work too. We need those tools. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree. Right. Like, so, and, and also like the, 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 the other status quo I'm challenging is right. Like, so, if we start moving in this direction of the data mesh, data fabric, do we even have to continue to build a data warehouse or leave the data at the operational data stores? Operational data stores are a must, right? Like, so you take it from the uh, transactional systems and uh, you create that operational data stores for all operational reporting. So every business domain, for example, in our uh, business model also, right, like on the insurance, like you have operational data stores for all of the business units. So now is that going to turn into the data domain within that business unit, the domain managed uh, data? And why would I need to move um, all of that into uh, a warehouse? Remember we talked. I think uh, the only time you would need to do that is to harmonize the data. Now, if you can harmonize it as it's sitting in separate repositories, that's fine. Then you don't need to bring it in. Yeah. But there's got to be a way to harmonize it so people can make sense of it together instead of in separate silos, right? Yeah, but what if, uh, as you said, right, like that, um, as Zamak also said, right, like uh, we don't have the self-service tools available yet. Like what if those tools are going to make you harmonize at that unified access layer? Yeah, well, that, that's like, uh, you know that cartoon where there's a scientist drawing on a chalkboard and he's got all these complicated equations and... And then there's a little part over here that says, and then a miracle happens. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's right. So then, so what is my value proposition, right? Like if I have to continue to build all these siloed uh, ODSs and make that like the domain specific uh, data aspect of it, and then still do I have to build these warehouses, the lake house, the lake? Uh, do that, that, that's what like I, I keep challenging myself, right? Like, so I, I don't want to go down the path by doing both. Well, what's okay? So, what's what are the risks of doing both? Because you're doing both now, right? You've got you're building out the lake in the warehouse, yeah. and you've got some groups, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe this doesn't happen at Hanover Insurance that are building out their own environments more or less, right? Underneath that data warehouse silo or data warehouse umbrella, I should say. Yeah, so no, the way I am looking at this is, right, like if we are promoting that more of that self-service BI and analytics and then creating that data marketplace, that data apps mindset, for me, building both, right, like it's, again, huge cost. So I would yeah. rather go down this path of mesh and fabric and not to worry about another a large centralized warehouse or a lake. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Okay, let's just say that's the destination, right? But how do you get there? And what I'm saying is that you've already got the warehouse in the lake. You've invested a ton in that, and it's working more or less, yeah. I think. You know, it probably has some challenges. Uh, and then you probably have some groups that are building out their own domains already, I would assume. Maybe it's, uh, you know, your... Uh, uh, you know, it's finance or it's marketing or insurance, uh, right? Like any claims or billing, yeah. Claims, right? So, so why don't you just work with those advanced groups to take what they're already building uh, and harmonize it with overall standards, if it's not, if they're not, and then help them turn that inside out so other people could access it. I mean, Which we, that's a test case, right? We we already have to some extent from an enterprise data warehouse, like the data that flows to the warehouse. But what you are telling is, right, like as we build the future of that the domain-specific data, which is not flowing into the centralized lake or a warehouse, now harmonize it and bring it back to the warehouse. The way I'm thinking is like harmonize it and whether leaving leave it there or have the the fabric platform facilitate to everyone yeah no i'm not even advocating bringing into the data warehouse and i'm not even sure you necessarily need to harmonize it i think the first step to see if any of this data mesh stuff works is to work with the team give me your most advanced team in handover claims do oh, they you have, mean like which, uh, which, uh, in terms of? Uh, uh, the, do they have a data repository that they maintain? Analytics, man. I would say yeah, claims is doing it. Personal lines is doing it too. Yeah. So take one of those groups and say, all right, what are you doing here? I bet they get a lot of that data from the warehouse already, or the lake, right? So it's probably no need to put it back in there. Yeah. But just work with them to say, okay, are you guys willing to let other people access your data, for one? <laughs> How open are you, right, culturally? And then, two, if they're open, okay, you know, what, what data sets would they be willing to share? Uh, and, then, and then, three, all right, let's come up with a mechanism to open this up and then have people and then you provision it on request to other groups, right, outside of what your team does. So can you work with these existing groups and come up with a provisioning mechanism? Uh, yeah, I think that, that, that's, you brought a great point. I think that is what is going to lead towards this curation mindset and then the, the data apps mindset, right? Like, so now I can have data apps by these business domains make it available to broader consumers. Yeah, and you'll have a you'll have to create a little data catalog that people can check to, to understand what's in that claims exactly. repository. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And what it actually means and how it jives with what's in the data warehouse or not. And you just run a big experiment and a test to see if you can do it with one group. Spot on. Right? Like I think then, that is what I would say, how an enterprise data catalog becomes an important component in this uh, uh, 
uh, emerging data strategy of data fabric and data mesh. Right. Right. So, uh, so then the, so then the data fabric becomes part of the way that other users would gain access to the mesh because they would automatically have that connect. I mean, to the, like the, the claims repository, right? Yeah, yeah. They would, they would have connectivity to it. Uh, they'd be able to search and they'd be able to profile that data in a catalog or someplace, somehow or some way. Yeah. Um, so I think that's how the two fit together. But I just don't see that you can come up with a data mesh strategy until you've actually tried it and proved it with one or two domains. Exactly. Yeah, I think that is why, right? Like, I think where um, uh, organizations could start is, right, like in terms of fabric with that tools and technology and taking it small pilot and proving it out. Take like one domain. Hey, now I have a fabric. Now, like if organizations already have the harmonized warehouse, the canonical warehouses, now they can prove that like hey now we did it with this one domain which is more advanced uh here is how this fabric can access it now and then build some of that business centric domain ownership mindset within that domain and prove it out i think now they've got that mesh proven and then start uh going down that enterprise but yeah but, but one thing, uh, I even to do that, like, again, it's not a siloed project, right? Like, it has to be an enterprise-wide culture change that they want to go towards this culture. Right? Like, I'm right. starting to see banking, some of the banks have started doing this, right? Like, at least starting in this direction, right? Like, thinking through that, right? Like, okay, now... We have like silo data all over, so let's start working towards this direction. Right, right. So we're not going to get rid of the silos. Let's turn them into something that's more valuable, right? Exactly, yeah. Agreed. By giving people access to it, by cataloging what's in there, <laughs> and ideally harmonizing that data so people can actually join it with other data. And... Um, Another thing, have you? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, what uh, I was talking, starting to think, right? Like, so now there is no silver bullet, there is no a single vendor who can do all of this. Like, we have vendors in the data catalog, metadata management, the data observability, the data conservation, and then, like, the of course, the fabric. Uh, aspect of technology right like we now have so many vendors playing in like each of these areas that constitute that emerging data strategy of fabric and mesh so it's going to be a huge technology integration challenge for that tech side of the leader right like to really orchestrate all of yeah. that together <clears throat> Yeah, well, I, I've been in the industry 30 years and I know that when there's a lot of point products out there, yeah, very quickly the vendors start to converge functionality because mm. they start to pick off adjacent technologies to their own to build a bigger solution that they can sell for more and grab more people 
and lock them in, you know. Agreed, yeah. So I do think eventually it might take five, 10 years, but we'll see Uber data platforms that do all of this for you. Mm. Um, now, whether you want to, you know, give that over to vendors is another question, you know, rather than build it, build the platform and architecture yourself. Yeah, yeah vendors and also like the systems integrators, right? Like, uh, yeah. Even like the big three of systems integrators that I myself was part of back then, uh, can they achieve, right? Like by orchestrating uh, with all these interoperability and uh, integration challenges. Right. So earlier you said that you don't think you want to do the data mesh and have a data warehouse at the same time. It's just too many resources. I personally don't see the data warehouse or lake going away anytime soon. I, I guess my preference is to, to move to the mesh gradually and only as much as you need it. So I don't think you'll ever get rid of your. Oh no, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I totally agree. Like what I was thinking, right? Like in terms of um, the warehouse and the lake. So instead of continuing to build that out, right? So now if we have focused on that business domain centric data, uh, do I have to continue to build it? But I, I may have to consume the existing lake and warehouse, right? Like because it has like last 15, 20 years worth of uh, data, harmonized data in it, or, or like I may keep uh, the warehouse for very targeted uh, uh, applications, right, like or like reporting side of things, while right. uh, moving away from really like uh, overloading that with other data that doesn't belong in the warehouse in the first place. That's an interesting concept, and I've seen some of our clients take that approach, where your warehouse runs your reporting and dashboarding environment, your, your standard certified reports. Exactly. Where, where you can lock down the requirements and you can source the data and you can model it uh, for accessibility, for performance, for scalability, and it works great. But what about all the ad hoc requirements? That typically blows up the warehouse, that's right? The lake. You never have all the data. That's the lake. Yeah. Right? And yeah. Of course, and that's, yeah, that's what we've done with the lake. Yeah. And, uh you know, the notion of the lake was make it really easy to put data in there and then let people go there to find information. So so what, what's wrong with the lake? You know, as opposed to now we're going to do a data mesh and put all this responsibility on business domain owners who are not tech people to kind of publish data for the rest of the organization. No, I would it even, seems like a tall order. I'm even thinking, right, like instead of even putting that in the lake, if the business domain owners with their hyper, hyper engineers have their own pond slash lake, whatever we want to call it, and they, they are going to work off of that. Like, so remember, like, as you mentioned, like 20 years ago, how we said, oh, take all the data from the warehouse, the dependent data marts. So here it's like more of an independent uh, upfront lake or pond, whatever you want to call it. And that is where like, because that business domain is very um, 
comfortable like very knowledgeable in that domain area right. so they will they will play only there and what if like they also shift their head off the high performing analytical discovery platform of sort into their own uh, domain uh, data repository rather than come to a centralized lake or warehouse so would the pond be inside the data lake or outside uh, of it? physically yeah however we want to look at it because now with that cloud scalability and distributed right you can have like a one big lake but each business users can have like their own uh, uh, vertical access yeah, area. Their own slice of it. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. We, one of our clients implemented Snowflake for self-service yeah. and each department kind of gets its, it's own exactly. area. Yeah. Own sandbox in it with just the data that they want in there, which they can call from the the enterprise data that's in Snowflake. Agreed. Plus their own data, which they may upload. So they have their own little area that they control and manage. You know, think of it as a data domain or a data mart or whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, to call yeah. It, exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's, um, that's what, like, I'm thinking, like, is, is this future architecture going to go down that path, right? Like, if, uh, right. if we achieve it in such a way so that, um, uh, there is no uh, no duplication. Again, w- one of the other core aspect of this, I'm looking at it, right? Like, you know, even in, in that 20-year-plus warehouse concept, like, we always duplicate data, right? Yeah. So, with this fabric and mesh, like, what if, like, we don't have to duplicate data? Leave the data where it is, like that same <laughs> mindset, and go and consume whenever needed. Yeah, so that, that I so we're starting to get into the nuances here. So if say you carve out an area for claims in your data warehouse or your Snowflake cloud environment or Synapse or whatever it is, um, they have their own data which they've pulled from many sources, probably mostly eighty percent from the data warehouse. Yeah, um, but they've derived it, so it's a little bit new, and now other people want it. Uh, I think in the old days, we would say, okay, we've got this data here. People want this part of it. Let's pull that out, duplicate it, and harmonize it with the data warehouse. So you are duplicating it. I think what the data mesh is simply saying, well, don't pull it out and and replicate it. Just leave it where it is. Make sure it, it is harmonized with the data warehouse. And then just give people a catalog and a fabric exactly. to understand and access it. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, I'm thinking. Like, this, this should lead to that, right? Like, in terms of yeah. uh, uh, non-duplication. And remember, like, uh, it also the the aspect of uh, recoverability, high availability, all those BCP and DR, right? Like, now this is going to help there as well. Like, instead of duplicating and, like, when you duplicate like that also comes with like all the data security privacy and data classification challenges now can we alleviate all of these with the mesh and fabric architecture yeah 
Well, I like the way you've combined the two because I, I actually hadn't thought of that as um, Fabric being the way you, you go access the data. And I've seen some interesting Fabric tools. There's one I really like called Prometheum that is uh, based on Presto. Uh, and they've made Presto work in a federated environment. And it's, it's based on a, a search paradigm with, that allows you to profile all the data that's out there and combines data prep and data catalog yes. and data federation and with a little data visualization uh, and some workflow built in to, to really break through the data bottlenecks that existed in a lot of companies where users want data. They don't know where it is. If they do, they can't even access it. So now they send a request to a data analyst who's got this tool um, who that can very quickly go out and find it and and blend it and deliver it. Got it. Uh, so that's a whole different way. Instead of building that whole data architecture to facilitate that, you know, we can work that challenge from the front end, from the tools end, from the data analyst, data engineering end as well. So I think there's a lot of roads that get us all to the same place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. So last question, what, what is your time frame for doing all this? <laughs> <laughs> for, for one, building your, your data mesh, data fabric strategy. I am and then thinking, it. right, like, yeah, yeah we, we could do pilot POC in the next, say, six to nine months of SART, like, but, uh, like, this is, again, to me, uh, it's a three to five year roadmap. Right. Nothing less yeah, than that. that right. Yeah, I would definitely say, like, at the, uh, at the farther end of like the the five year roadmap, because of that, as I said, like the mesh is a culture. It's like the entire organizational culture change. Like if we have to mature in that um, curation marketplaces, data as a service, uh, data uh, data in an app, like the self service, like the shopping cart mindset of uh, data right like per uh, the founder of um, data mesh or like the inventor of data mesh so if we have to achieve like that's like definitely five uh, even beyond that. yeah so i would like to see yeah. like from now on i'll be watching who's really calling it out like okay now we have achieved mesh like but if you had a great point right like i think start with like one domain and prove it out that it can be part of a mesh and then um, right. really like then it can become contagious so i have utmost confidence that you'll be one of the leading adopters of this you'll be leading the way but i still think it will take three to five years and i think it'll take 10 to 15 years for most of the industry <laughs> to get there and it may not look all that different than what we have now that's that's my thinking is that uh, to really succeed with all of this, you kind of need to federate it anyway. Exactly. You need to have a blend of central and and distributed resources working together to deliver business the data it needs on demand. So anyway, this has been a fascinating conversation as always, Srini. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for your time and your insights. Yeah, thanks, Wayne. Like, it was great uh, catching up with you today. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you want more insights on data or analytics, 
visit our website at www.eckerson.com.